we don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Garamangal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. I have been a parent for nine years today. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. My baby's turning nine today. Happy birthday, Eile. I can't believe you have a nine-year-old. Neither. I mean, I can believe Isla's nine and yet mm. I can't believe I have a nine-year-old. Mm. I've been in this parenting game for nine years. That's solid, babe. That's a near decade. A near decade. And you're a year shy of having double digits I in know. age. Do you remember what a big deal that was? Like, I have very strong memories of turning nine and my mum saying next year you're double digits double digits and then you never undouble digit mm. until you hit 100 <laughs> I know I'm so proud of her she's such an amazing kid Aww. oh goodness me I remember the day she was born like it was yesterday there's that delicious parent pride oh no 10 out of 10 Isla born on the 10th of the 10th and you are 10 out of 10 babe we have a thousand things to do but we'd rather chat to you With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Reeves. G'day. How goes it over there, Revsity Duda? I go so well, Gem. How are you in Cabarita? I am loving life. Yeah, girl. This is the first time I've taken a proper holiday. Yeah. You know, I'm really proud of myself. I said no to some work that I would have normally said yes to. I'm loving this colour on you. Yeah, and I said look, I'm going to admit I'm going away for two weeks and I just, I'm going to say no. I actually think I said I'm going to have to graciously say no because I am in need of a proper, proper break. And not only just me, but my hubby as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you, babe. Thanks. Super jealous. Hey, Although I'll be there in a few I was, weeks. I was going to say, you're <laughs> heading up to Yo Cabba Cabba shortly with your uh, bow. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, you know, roll on. Roll on, Cabarita. Okay, I have to talk about my latest obsession. Go on. I'm frothing. Okay. I'm fizzing. I don't even know where to start. I've got that excitement adrenaline running through my fingers. It's an album. I'm in love with. Now, it's not often these days when an album just hits from go to woe and it's Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. Her album is called Guts. Now, I was very nervous about her second album and I want to explain why. Billie Eilish got six Grammys with her first album. Her second album was the most highly anticipated thing in the music industry for a time. And like, I'm admitting it now, but she just didn't quite nail it. So I was nervous for Olivia Rodrigo because she has a similar trajectory trajectory to Billy, like huge overnight success, lots of Grammys in her first debut album year. And her second album is gold. It's a masterpiece. In fact, her writing has matured. (laughs) Her lyrics, it's like Taylor Swift level of storytelling. And look, she was very influenced by Taylor Swift. And I have to thank Taylor. (laughs) I didn't know where this episode was going. Parent pride coming in hot here. But she- Her daughter Liv. Her influence over that generation. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo is 20 years old. She wrote this album when she was 19. And I can't even tell you the depths of her lyrics and her ability to communicate very complicated feelings. So- 
Revzy, you loved her first album. I did very much. We and listened, so did Isla and Teddy. We listened to it a lot. Yeah. And there's a song on Olivia Rodrigo's first album that's called Happier. And it is so unique in its storytelling in that it's about when you break up with someone and it's saying, I wish you the best and I hope you're happy. Just don't be happier without me yeah, or yeah. happier than me. And it's true, right? It's like two things can be true. You can't wish someone well. And <laughs> can you, you guys tell Jem's thought about this a lot? I just love it. I, th- I know. Okay. There's no better feeling. It's like falling in love when you find an album that just ignites you and you just want to listen to it. There's yes. no better feeling. It is like, it's a big deal. Reps. Oh, I can see, see it on you. You know how I came to <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda late, <laughs> yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then I had all the feels and you're like, welcome, babe. Welcome. Yeah. This album came out two weeks ago. Yeah. She's right on time. I feel cool for <laughs> once. Never thought I'd say it, but I feel on the pulse. Is that what people do you say? you have a favourite song? Where do we start? Okay, so I do. I have three, mm-hmm. actually, that I want to share because I do think for our generation, there are a number of songs on there that are on perhaps two teen angsty yep. vibes, mm-hmm. but millennial mums will fucking love it because she makes reference to so many 90s songs. Oh, okay. Okay, so for example, TLC's Unpretty. You can grow your hair and yeah. it won't grow. So she has a song called Pretty Isn't Pretty. Same vibe. And Olivia Rodrigo is very outspoken about how much she's inspired by the 90s. And then she has a song that takes me straight back to, do you remember Spider Bait? Yeah. Sunshine. And then it's like, outside with all the guitar. Yeah, she's got another song that pays homage to that song. But there's one on her first album that my kids love that, good for you, you look happy and healthy, not me. And I'm like, eh, I could skip this one. Okay, this is why I want to give DLs an in into Olivia Rodrigo's second album by choosing very specific songs for you to listen to. Because Jen's doing God's work here. <laughs> look, because I feel like if you land on that, like, you know. Teeny Buffer song. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be like, what the fuck is Jem Well, shouldn't it be about? track one? Shouldn't the album be designed that track one hooks you in? Well, track one is her. Sunshine okay. on the wind. If that's your jam, go for it. But Millennial Jem is like, eh, about track one, okay. if I'm honest. Right. The tracks that I want to highlight for you, so you can search these straight on Spotify. Just Babe, say the tracks. <laughs> okay, start with Vampire. Oh, yeah, I saw you singing that on Instagram. It's track three. It's fucking fantastic. Right. Okay, it's a headbanger. Yep. It's upbeat, but it's what Olivia Rodrigo does best where she takes really sad lyrics and... And gives them a pulse and a bass and a, a beat and almost like you want to rock out to it. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking good about male manipulation cool. with an age gap. Ooh. When you're young and naive and innocent and then she sort of says it's your responsibility to do better. Very good. Now, my favorite favorite track at the moment because I'm going through an evolution with this album because the more I listen the more it changes is a song called Lacey. Now when I saw this on her track list I was like oh yeah Lacey like who you know that? well there's who that could it be silk lace you know sexy underwear whatever anyway it is about a girl but it is about the complicated feelings that you have when you are so in awe of someone that you almost hate them Ooh. and it's that mix and I read some things online about about queer women saying, oh my God, Lacey is so relatable that when you meet someone who you're intoxicated by, you don't know if you want to be them or be with them. Okay. Like, let me just give you an example of some of the lyrics. Welcome to Olivia Rodrigo Talks with Jem and Kate. We'll be spending some time today dissecting this album.
album for you. Uh, if you haven't listened yet, uh, <laughs> I recommend pausing this uh, and go and listen. Okay, check out this line. Smart, sexy, lacy. So how dare you be smart and sexy? I'm losing it lately. Really thought about this. No, what do you mean? It's continue, so, continue. It's so obvious. Sorry, I'm going to let you right? finish. <laughs> I feel your compliments like bullets on skin. And it's like when someone is so nice, you can't hate them. Or when they're so talented and so good at everything and so perfect in your mind that you want to hate them so badly, but you can't, but you do. It is a story about jealousy as well and the complications of female relationships and friendships. And it's funny, the reason why this song resonated with me is there was someone I went to school with growing up who was Lacey, but she wasn't Lacey to me. You know how we've talked about this on the potty about how our personalities we don't feel jealousy strongly but we recognize that it's It's a very very real real thing thing for a lot of people and I noticed everyone around her were jealous of her and she oozed charisma she was kindness to the core she was talented she was so fucking likable she was tall she was blonde she was beautiful she was a model but she was also athletic and good at sport like you know you couldn't hate her because she was so fucking nice but I understood that there were people who had a real problem with her. Right. I personally made her my friend because I was like, you're fucking awesome, you know? But it's I'm experiencing weird parent pride for Olivia Rodrigo because I'm like, you're 20 years old. Yeah, wow. And you can, through poetry and mm. language, you can articulate these feelings so succinctly that I wonder if this song came out when I was in school that kids our age might have been like, oh, yeah. Look at Jem reparenting herself through Olivia <laughs> Rodriguez. This is so... Album. I don't know, it's so interesting. Okay, are we bored now? Um, <laughs> oh, God, she is. Give me your third track. Okay, my third track. I'm indulging you. I'm really going to have to be picky here. There's a song called Making the Bed, and it's about accountability of your own bullshit and taking ownership. And I, I think like that. it is genius, and it's about Olivia Rodrigo. Kind of, she's made some bad choices in her life, and especially with this newfound fame. And my favorite lyric is in the chorus, which is every good thing has turned into something I dread and I'm playing the victim so well in my head, but it's me who's been making the bed. Oh, nice. And I just thought, preach. We've all been there. But when I was a teenager, I always played the victim so perfectly in my head. I never took accountability Mm. for anything Mm. or ownership. The Zoomers are in therapy. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. They're so much more evolved than we ever were. Mm -hmm. They're like doing the work young because it's all over TikTok or whatever. Like they really get it. Yes. Like whether it's pop psychology or not, they get the concepts. Yes. You know, they're not going to have to start again in their parent lives. But I do think Olivia Rodrigo takes it to another level, right? Mm. Because I think about. Because she's an artist. She That's what is. artists do for us in our community. And interestingly, fun fact, her dad's a therapist. There you go. And she's got this great song about a problematic ex. Hang on, I gave you three. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. All right, I'll hold off on that. But anyway, I'm just, those three songs, so Vampire, Lacey and Making the Bed are my top three at the moment. And then if you wanted to, you could check out The Grudge. <laughs> just, no, I'm cutting you off. Yeah, The Grudge, Pretty Isn't Pretty in Teenage Dream. That's all I have to say. So that whole album no it's not the whole album there's 12 <laughs> tracks and I've listed six songs thank you very much <laughs> I'm happy for you I'm glad you found love again it's beautiful oh I've deep dived into all the YouTube chats oh, and conversations and unpackings of her album you know Revzy, I have a dream oh, wow. I'm just gonna say this on the potty can I tell you why <laughs> 
There's a DL who shared in our Facebook group. Now, if you aren't in the Facebook group, why aren't you? Yeah, this get where, in there. That's where we hang out, guys. It's where everything goes down. But there was a beautiful DL who said, I have gone back to listen to the back catalogue. I'm a semi-newbie DL and I felt inspired to go back. And I found the episode where Gem and Revs were like, how cool would it be if we did a live show oh, yes. and toured it? And then we were both like, nah. <laughs> and she's like, and now look at what you've done. So I oh God, she's have a dream. She's ma- I have a dream. She's manifesting. <laughs> Where you and I, Revzy, are synced about someone's album. <laughs> Or someone's anything. And we shoot a YouTube video. This is where I declare that we have a YouTube channel now. Live reacting to it together and unpacking it together. Because I fucking love watching this shit on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Look, I'll be honest. There was a YouTube video I saw of two Aussie girls do this. And I was like, oh my God, Revs and I would have so much fun live reacting to something for the first time. But it can't be guts because I've done it. You've done it. You've gone ahead. Yeah, sorry. I come at this new music now of these Zoom albums via my kids that's mm. the age my kids are at they've heard about it on youtube they're talking about it at school and they're like mom play olivia rodrigo's new song and i'm like didn't know she had one like my kids are now my radio informing you yeah you know i messaged revzy last week and i said olivia rodrigo's new song vampire is everything and revs hearted it <laughs> That's all I got. It, it was my message was an invitation to engage, and you know the double heart is the easiest way to end a conversation. Respectfully, it's how you it's how you would put it. Graciously decline. I graciously decline taking this on. <laughs> Tell me because I'm interested. I need a holiday. <laughs> Genuinely, Revsy, where were you when you got that? I text? don't remember it. I don't remember harding it. Let's see, what time was it? You know, I'll be honest, that was my invitation to hey, maybe we should do a listening party of the new Guts album and live film our reaction together. Then be direct, okay? You need more therapy. You need to see Olivia Rodrigo's dad. Just say that to me. Where was the, ask for what you need, Jim. Ask for what you need, girlfriend. Where is our group chat? Okay, I'm going back. No, it's not a group chat, it's just wait, our, wait, our sorry, chat. Sorry. <laughs> I mean you and me. Where's our <laughs> chat? Oh, God, it's a very eclectic vibe in here. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. It's fairly Spice recent. Nice girls. I'm going to wear no, my pink boiler suit. No, it's, you've gone too far. <laughs> Have you've I gone, gone too, too far? too deep into the archives, When babe. was it? Yesterday? It was recent. I sent you a dress. I said you would look amazing in this dress. <laughs> you did? Did I heart it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I replied. You, you sent some emojis. The love heart eye emoji. Yeah. I can't even say it. Oh, babe, I didn't even heart it. <gasps> you didn't. You hearted my reply, which was about something completely different. Oh, my God, you didn't even acknowledge it. Did you read it? How was your weekend? P.S. Olivia Rodrigo's new song, Vampire, is everything. And that was at 7 a.m. on Sunday. You omitted at it. At 9 a.m. I was like, yeah, my weekend was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. And then I hearted it. I was like, I'll respectfully agree with your great weekend. P.S. Thanks for asking me about my weekend, Revs. <laughs> Okay, I feel like you've got feelings. <laughs> I don't. Do you need to write an album <laughs> about your complicated feelings? And track four is called Revzy. What's going on, babe? You got something you want to say? I would never call it Revzy. I am Sunday. way more subtle. So, oh, 
I would call it see me. Sunday, 9am, okay? You can't be asking for deep chats Sunday at 9am. Sunday, 9pm, I'm up for it. I just thought you would froth on it, okay? I thought Maybe I up- will. Damn, what is happening? You discovered an album and you're upset with me, but I haven't also discovered it and it came out two days ago. You need a reality check, okay? Just because you're deep in Olivia Rodrigo right now doesn't mean everyone is, okay? I refuse to take this on as my issue. Rosie, what was our favourite song on her last album? Um, favourite Crime. Favourite Crime. It was a great song. We used to sing it in the car. It's an amazing song. Full vol. I'm not denying she's great. I don't know what you want from me. You're robbing me of some nostalgia. Nostalgia? It came out two weeks ago. You're cooked. I think you're too deep in it. It's, it's just like you've got a new boyfriend and you're obsessed with him and you're like, I need you to understand how great he is. I'm like, he sounds great. I look forward to getting to know him. Why are you being so intense about it? Okay, I will listen to the album. Fuck. Okay, confession time. Oh, God. Move on. No, don't you have time for no confession time? Yes. Let me get introspective for a second. Okay. Because you've been. Let me observe. Reflective. Allow me to observe myself for a minute. We were on tour together, where we spent every waking moment together. So you miss me. I miss you. I miss you too, babe. Okay, I will listen to the album. I think that's what it is. And we need a drive. Where can we drive to? (laughs) Let's drive to Palm Beach. Well, this is the exciting thing. You can tell me all your insights. I can take them on and go. Yes, and I also feel, and then you'll have. Have your experience, okay? Thank you. I'm okay to manufacture. Do you want to fly to Melbourne just so we can have this moment? Do you know what's exciting, DLs? Is Rez and I have got this new office that we've booked in, and we don't get access to it until November. But what will be cool is that on the way to work yes. on our potty days, I will be picking Revs up, yes. and then we have a commute. journey, a mini commute <laughs> to our office, and maybe each day that we commute, we dissect one track from the you're on. album. You're on. That I can commit to. Thank you for but you being mad at me for not being on your vibe train is not acceptable. <laughs> I politely decline. I am mad that you didn't heart my comment but I'll okay, let it go I'm gonna do it right now okay. <laughs> oh, don't pity heart no, I'm gonna pity heart you <laughs> don't need you, a pity heart you can have a patronizing pity heart so there you go oh, <laughs> oh, liked awkward I've got a notification you know what? I might just let it sit there for a while unread what a sick burn John you know what I don't have time for oh, please I'm dying to know on to more important things yeah I do not have time for being hooked on men's sport deodorant. Okay. Well, this is something I do know about you yeah. intimately. Mm-hmm. You've been hooked on men's sports deodorants since the dawn of time. Look, I'm a sweaty bitch. You are. Yeah, it's fine. We all have our things. I'm a hairy bitch, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Holding space for me. I appreciate it. Now, I don't know how I ended up here. Like, if you were to ask what is the most... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just zoomed out. Sounds like you're about to talk about, I don't know, your relationship. I don't know how I ended up here. Anyway, men's sports deodorant. (laughs) I'm holding space. Continue. Like, what is the strongest type of deodorant, right? It's going to be men who do sport. Yep. And I am the user of this frequently. Now, I've developed a conscience. There are going to be some DLs who eye roll and there are going to be some who are nodding along Mm -hmm. about A, using aerosol deodorants every single day, multiple times a day, and not only that, there's like aluminium yes. in this shit, right? Yeah. Now, I was shamed about this years ago by mm-hmm. someone from my acting school, actually. And shamed is a strong word. She was just saying, hey, did you know there's some bullshit in there? And I went, yeah. I feel shamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't be bothered to change right now. It's too convenient and I like it. 
but I'm going to change. Okay. I am making the change and I am experimenting and I thought I'd share it on the potty. Yeah, Kind of like my journey with the period cup. Okay. You have to opt in on this journey because it's unlearning, it's retraining your body, it's all the things. Now, I, Are you making the change because of aluminium in these deodorants, like for health reasons? For a couple of reasons. Okay. One, I just don't think aerosols are good. Yeah, Two, yeah, yeah. aluminium can't possibly be good. I don't know if there's science-backed evidence. Someone will present it to me in the DMs, I'm sure. <laughs> and three, I found a brand that does refills. Oh, nice. Yes. Were so you, a speed stick? We're trying speed it's stick. It's a speed stick. Dry yes, stick. I'm transitioning to a speed stick. Okay. Not the rollerball. Okay. Oh, I hate that but shit. Same. I've never understood how putting on wet deodorant Thank you. could be satisfying. No, I know not. people love it. Like my boyfriend uses a roll-on mm, deodorant, mm. a natural one as well. And I'm like, wow, you really must just not smell. Yeah. <laughs> because I use a cream deodorant, yep. but I have liked dry sticks in my time. Yes. Yeah. So also the, men's ones. Yes. Yeah, I like good. it. I, well, like- I like a masculine smell as well. Okay. Well, what I also like about this particular brand, and this is not my not spawn, by the way, is that you can pick your scent. And then you buy three refills with your canister. And then after that, obviously, you just buy the refills. So I thought this is my first dip in the toe into this world. I'm going to buy three different flavors. And so far, I've started with cotton. Nice. Like fresh cotton. I'm into it. Okay. Is and is I'm it tra- working for you? Okay. So apparently there is an adjustment with your body because it's, my body is so hooked on men's sport deodorant <laughs> yep. that I will say I am perspiring a little more. I have mm. wetness under the pits with this all natural organic version, but no odor. Okay. Well, that's good. And I've given myself whiplash. Okay. I've gone from one extreme to the other. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. I went, you know what? I've done Rexona men's sport. I might shift to women's dove rollerball deodorant. Mm. No, I've gone all natural ingredients, refills, fucking speed stick. You've weaned yourself. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to retrain my body. Someone told me some bullshit once that if you don't wash your hair frequently, your hair starts to clean itself with its own oils. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to try that, but it just reminded me of the period cup. You know what? I was talking to the good mum and she was giving the period cup a go after me badgering her for a year. And I was like, well done, babe. I'm proud of you. So is this eco reasons as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think we all need to make these changes. It's funny. We always look at the kitchen as like the disaster zone for Mm -hmm. eco waste, but like the bathroom is just as bad, if not worse. Like mm. think about all the products in your bathroom with that single use plastic. There's a lot of it. Yes. And I, and we're washing everything down the drain constantly. Like, uh, yeah, okay, maybe I need it, to look at this. Maybe this is a good time to bring up the brand Emma Lewisham. She does a oh, circular. Oh, my God. She's amazing. Yes. She's so got this, refills yeah. so that you're not throwing out the packaging every time. You've just got these capsules that are completely recyclable that amazing. you put in with your pots of moisturizer. And I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's where brands need to go. Go to are doing it now, too. Yeah. With their moisture surge. It's not called moisture surge, but their version of a moisture surge. I think they're moving that way. Yeah. But certainly the grow to products are refillable. And as you well. know what? I think it's smart for a brand because you kind of retain your customer. Totally. Because once they get hooked, they're just buying the refills and then maybe there's a subscription model in there. I don't know, but I'm here for it. Yeah, it's important. This it's is about good stuff. making baby steps in the right direction. I'm not a full blown eco warrior by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think little things, just yeah. little changes yeah. can go a long way. Are you inspired by Rafa's? Eco education. I think I must have been. Yeah. You know, I'll admit, and I this is going to come across smug to some, but I feel really good using a period cup. Yeah, because no, same. Tampons felt like it created a lot.
lot of waste it's, yeah, literally. in the wrapper yeah. and then, you know, you've got to wrap your tampon up in toilet paper, but put it in the bin. The period cup is so mutually beneficial. You are doing right by mm-hmm. the planet. But also I haven't spent a dollar on a period product in two years. Three for me. Yeah. Yep. It's like that's liberating. Uh, it is. When you used to monthly outlay, what, 30 bucks maybe? Mm-hmm. By the time you bought two lots of tampons and then there's Pads. always one box left for next time and then you got to buy another, you know, I mean, yeah. whatever. Say 20 bucks a month. It's a saving over yeah. time. Yeah. And I love the period cup. But it has a steep learning curve. Sure. Yeah. It really does. Do you know, yeah. I was saying this to the good mum, you've just got to be motivated by something to keep you doing it because mm. I'm not even exaggerating. For nine months, I wouldn't nail the seal. Yeah. I would some days and other days. doing it in the shower. I was doing well, I Slippery re- seal. No, Revzy, I still do it in the shower. I've just oh. found my method. I okay. just needed to do a little tug and a whoosh with my finger. Stretch and sweep. <laughs> Stretch and sweep. <laughs> I know. Can we share our dirty admission to each other the other day about period cups? Mm-hmm. Not, it's not dirty, actually. That's the wrong label. We were like, how long can you leave it in if you've got a great seal? Because this is me and Jem's new area of interest is getting a great seal. <laughs> if you get a great seal and you're not on your heaviest day, like, can you just plug it up? Like, yeah. leave it there. It's like finding a great park. You don't yes. want to, like, let it go. You don't want to let the parking spot mm. go if you don't need to. And we were like, well, it's medical grade silicon. It's just my body's own fluids. Like, yeah. it, surely it's not. I'm not going to get toxic shock. Oh, the other bonus we didn't mention, Rebsy, which we did talk about, is the fact that your undies are squeakers. Yeah. You when have, you've got a good seal of the cup on your light period days. You can just be in regular undies. So, look, one of our DLs I know is the founder of Better Cup, or at least her sister is. Like, I'm curious to know, what is the longest length of time you can leave a cup in? I mean, I don't like the visual of when you lie down to go to sleep, it all kind of like whooshes back up into your <laughs> Oh, uterus. my God, what? <laughs> Must whoosh back up. <laughs> and then you're like sloshing around and you're... Your uterus, and then does it take longer to all make its way out? I don't know. What do you know? Yeah. Anyway, if you're new to the potty, we haven't talked about period cups in a long time. Yeah. I just want to share that my motivation to learn how to use a period cup was my daughter because yes. I figured that by the time she gets her period, I feel like this is the future yeah. and I want to be able to teach her because let's be real, the sanitary items you use for your period are always what your mum gave you. Yeah, yeah. I always remember those friends in school who were strictly pads because their mums didn't use tampons uh. and so they were scared of tampons. Yeah. So I didn't want to have that situation with Rafa where I'm like, babe, you got to use a period cup because no one's using tampons anymore. And she's like, how do I do it, mum? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a fucking game changer. I'm actually, I've been meaning to, and this is the motivation I need to order it. I want to try the Nixit cup. It's Ooh, a what's different, that? it's bigger and you can have sex with it in. What? Yeah. It's like a mess free. What do you mean it's bigger? It's bigger and it sits, it, go, it goes in a different way and it sits higher and like, yeah, you don't feel it. It's exactly the same concept, but it's less of a cup and more of a barrier oh. same concept though like a femdom sort of remember those yeah, yeah I think it's sort of like that like but a silicon. Saucer. yeah but it means you can have like the safest sex of your cycle mess free which I'm curious about oh there you go there you go do you know what I don't have time for what don't you have time for the concept of soulmates I feel like you have a lot of time I actually for this. do actually yeah. so basically I'm just using the mic to continue a conversation we were having this morning with the potty team we had our weekly whip this morning with the full team and we as we often do went on a massive tangent producer Kate has been trying to get us to talk about the concept of soulmates for a year mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were talking about the concept of settling 
and we came back to the concept of soulmates. So how do I pick this up again, Jim? Like, so we, I would say we have adjacent beliefs, but we kind of see things differently. Yeah. And also for context, producer Kate doesn't believe. She doesn't believe in soulmates. In soulmates. Yeah. She has mm. quite an analytical mind. I wouldn't say she's not romantic. She can be romantic, but she's like, nah, I can't get on board with the idea that there's like this one, one soul person. out there for yeah. you. Can't we have more than one? And basically I was saying, I believe you can have more than one love and there can be more than one person that's right for you for sure. But I do believe in the concept of soulmates. I feel like I personally have experienced it and it's just an interesting idea. I don't want to hash it out in the potty. What do you think, Jim? Before we move ahead, I've got to ask you because our DLs will be screaming this as well. Is Americano your soulmate? No, mm. I don't. So when I met him, and it's funny because if I went home tonight and was like, babe, am I your soulmate? And he said, no, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but let me elaborate. Okay. I am deeply in love with Americano. Deeply. That is an earned love. We've been together over a year and we've worked very hard on our relationship. That's a new experience for me. I've never had a relationship like that where you really genuinely meet each other halfway on a lot of things at a time when you've both done a lot of work. Mm. Deep love, have incredible excitement about the future of our relationship. Love him intensely. It's a love I've never experienced. It's not a soulmate connection. Oof. If I was your partner, I'd be like, well, no. damn, I want to be your soulmate. Me a few years ago thought the soulmate connection is everything. It's the best and top tier of love. It's mm. the only kind of love that really matters. Everything else is settling. I don't believe that anymore. And so Sim, who's on our potty team, she described it and it resonated so heavily with me. She described it as like a cord, like an invisible but magical cord from your heart to their heart. So you're tethered. That you're tethered mm. And it is this like unbreakable feeling. And then KD was like, well, hang on, but what if they piss you off? Or what if it's not the right time? Or what if it's, and we were sort of hashing it out like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be the wrong time. You don't have to be with your soulmate. It might not work to be with your soulmate, but the feeling and the essence and the like undeniable connection to another soul, I believe in that. What I find fascinating, Revzi, is you said you've experienced I have. this. Yes. So what I can't reconcile is how you are not with your soulmate. Because life. Like all life. life. <laughs> life. Life needs to also work out with all the things we know and accept that aren't spiritual, that aren't magical, that aren't religious in mm. nature. Like we all know and accept timing is everything in okay, life. Okay, but I feel a little bit sceptical of this. Can I explain yes, why? Because yes. when I think of soulmateship, right, mm -hmm. it is that bigger than us feeling, mm -hmm. the universe created us to be soulmates. Maybe we've met in a past life. Sure, but then for you to say, oh, life, I don't know, like it kind of... I know, it's upsetting. It undermines it a bit, you know, like it takes all the romanticism out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I have a soulmate, but life got in the way or the know. time. Timing wasn't it's right. It's upsetting yeah. and maybe depressing. Mm. But for me, it's real. And yeah. for Sim, it was very real. She's with her soulmate, which yeah. is another thing. But like all the life parts aligned. I really believe this. I think you can have like this in a lot of ways. I think you can have a friendship soulmate. Mm -hmm. like, you're my soulmate. Yeah, you for are. Sure. And, yeah. I, and do you not feel that tether, that yes. magical cord that is just like a heartbeat between my heart to yours? Yep. I could never quit you. I would never want to. Yep. But we haven't always worked together, lived in the same city, whatever. It hasn't always worked that we would be best friends in mm -hmm. a practical 
practical sense, but I always come back to you as my yeah. like true friendship love, right? And I think you have it with a child as well. I think you can have a feeling that that child was sent to you, that it was like geshemt in Yiddish. Like it was like you're meant to have this soul connection in this life. I believe in that too. But yeah, I think like that- I believe my mum yes. is my soulmate. It's like you have a familial soul connection. I know, but I guess like I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because Katie doesn't have a mic, a potty producer, and she can't figure out or determine clearly the mm. difference between, well, you're just a good fit. Yeah. You just click. You're yeah. just right for each other. What is the difference? Because I think two I'm- people clicking and being right for each other is also a tethering. It's like a puzzle piece where it's like you just slot in and it's like, whoa, we just get on. No, that's it works. Something can work and not mm. be an undeniable magical thing. You know, I think that's two really? different. Yes, okay. I, I think that's two different things. One is not better than the other. I think we can put this like we were spiritual concept of like, it's not even my choice. It's just how I feel, you know, mm. as like better. I don't think it's better anymore. I used to think that. I used to think, well, if you don't have that, you never experience real love. Well, I think a lot of deals, especially while we're in the trenches and marriage can be hard and take mm. a hit, we'll be sitting here going, I don't know if my partner is my soulmate, you know, and that can make you feel shit because yeah, I do think think soulmateship is something that is glorified it mm. is romanticized mm-hmm. it is put on a pedestal like as you, you know, said in the conversation it's also something that everyone says at their wedding yeah they feel like it's like you're, you're my, my soulmate. soulmate I was meant to find you you're yeah. meant to, yeah and that and might not that might not hold up yes well the skeptic in me is like oh 50 percent of marriages don't last but the romantic in me like if I think about hubs like do I believe in soulmates I mean yes I do but I also <laughs> Rev's brought this to the table and I've never thought about it so much to be honest but the way that I can describe my mateship with hubs is as mentioned on the podcast before we never got together at a young age Mm. we fooled around as Revs loves to expose me for but we never dated and I always say it was almost like purpose built it was like our young selves didn't know it but we were like preserving our relationship because we knew that if we were young we could wreck it Mm -hmm. which is beautiful and maybe you could say that was the universe you know taking care of you whatever and you can get really woo woo about it the way I can explain it in the most simple terms is like Hubs and I had different partners and both of us at that time like I can think of a kind of a specific age like 23 years old we were both very happy in separate relationships and we didn't see each other frequently at all like maybe once every 18 months once every two years he was living in the US I was living in Australia doing my thing and we attended a gathering of a mutual friend and I just remember even though I was so happy in my relationship and my partner at the time wasn't at this gathering I just had an antenna for where Hubs was in the room, mm. even though there were like 60 people at this party. It was someone, it must have been someone's birthday party at their house. That's what resonates with me about the tethering of the hearts. It's like... You're connected on Bluetooth. Yes. Yeah, then, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you can't see it. Yeah. Right? You just feel it yeah. or you know when you're... When that there's is, a, that's a spiritual concept. Yes. You know, there's nothing analytical about that. No. Or you could say, oh, well, you were attracted to him and the pheromones and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And, and the, you know, you didn't know it yet cognizantly because you weren't in that space in your life, timing, blah, blah, blah. But you had an attraction. But, can but we, you know it's more than that. I no, but can we talk about pheromones for a second? Because yeah. when Revs was on her dating stage of her post-divorce life. dating era. Yes, her dating era. I remember saying to her, oh, but this guy seems like a great fit for you. Mm. Like on paper, mm-hmm. he seems perfect for you. Like I've legit said that. And she has said to me, he didn't smell right. Yep. 
didn't smell right. When I kissed him, he didn't smell right. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something more than almost soulmates about pheromones, Mm. this raw attraction Mm -hmm. where you can't even put words around it because it's bigger than that. But then scent feels very primal to me. Yeah, but it it, is. It just reminds me of dogs sniffing each other's butts (laughs) and being like, yeah, I'll mate you, you know. We've all kissed someone mm-hmm. or slept with someone who, we, you know, it's like eggs turning into eggs halfway. You're yeah. like, this isn't right. Yeah, the audacity. <laughs> this doesn't smell right. This doesn't taste right. This doesn't feel right. Like, it's not right. But then I think the soulmate connection, it's a homecoming feeling, isn't it? It's like, it's not just we click, we work. That's level one or another type of mm. thing. It's a, you're my home. My soul loves your soul. Like, it's almost like the other stuff is periphery. Doesn't mean it's going to work in this earth plane. I refuse to accept that. I know. Like I I struggled for a long time to accept that concept. Like I I really did. When I think of the notebook. Yes. You know, Ali and Noah. Don't we all want to be Ali and Noah? I'm like, soulmates yes but then when someone tries to sell me a concept it's like I'm soulmates with that guy but we're not together I'm like well then you're not soulmates no I think you can be because this is what I'm learning in my old age (laughs) as we age I am learning more and more it's a bit of an area of interest for me at the moment I will declare that I'm learning more and more about what's the verb intentionality Mm -hmm. being intentional in your life Mm -hmm. you know we've had a lot of conversations lately and this is stage of life we're at we're all pondering you know we're coming into this era where relationships are really tested and I've been through divorce we're knowing more and more people are going through separation you know everyone wants to know the magic answer mm-hmm. you know like what's the right thing to do and it's so different for every single person in the world but you know we were laughing like how funny we're all in our late 20s baby 30s mm-hmm. we haven't really gone through anything hard in our life and we take this leap of faith yeah with this person and we say vows and we say forever and we do this huge show of commitment and and it is a leap of faith. Yeah. And then as we mature, we realize, okay, some things don't stand that stress test. You know, some things don't survive parenting. Some things don't survive grief. Some things don't survive one person evolving in one direction and one growing in another. Like we're learning as we mature. It's not just one choice on one day. No. You have to repeatedly choose mm-hmm. how you show up and how what you'll accept from the other person. And so I'm quite obsessed with being intentional. Okay. But can I ask you about like unrequited soulmateship. That's not not it. Okay. So it has to be a two-way street. I I mean, this is what makes a marriage work. For example, is two people have to want to remain intentionally fight for this marriage, stay in it, want to be in it, want to improve and grow together. Because I do believe that sometimes people in a relationship grow apart and they have to be considered about, well, have we just grown apart to a point where we're so different, where maybe we should explore other things Mm -hmm. in life or do we find- back together. Yes. Can we grow back together? Can yes. we find our way back together? And I yes. do like this idea of intention because yes. look, maybe it's the type A personality in me, but it feels like you have a degree of control. Yeah. It's too frightening. The idea. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I really, I'm with you. And I was there for a long time of mm. like, but if we're soulmates, how can there be any other way? Yeah. But it's being intentional. So it requires both souls mm. to intentionally choose to actively do life in that connection. So do you know what's a tragedy is when one party yes. wants that yes. and the other party is on their way out the door. Like I feel like that is just so unbelievably devastating. And that's why I say life or life because some yeah. people 
Put <laughs> some people why I say and that's life, why I say oh life, life. Oh life. <laughs> Hashtag Desiree. Because some people put love and a soul connection as mm. their top priority and some people don't. Mm. Some people are like, but I can't because of X, Y, you know, whatever. I mean, I do know people who they call it practical love. Like, you know, they sort of genuinely, they put people's traits on paper mm. in terms of what they are searching for mm. in a partner, almost like a list. Oh my God. Yes. And that's so funny. I was just in a conversation on the weekend about this. Oh yeah. It's an exercise you can do, right? Mm-hmm. List the whatever, however many attributes of your perfect partner. But how many are we talking? Well, this person had 72. 72? Yes. But this is so funny. Me and America. That would actually, sorry, I'm shooketh. That would be really hard. Well, the exercise was to be granular. So it was like she had eye color, height, upbringing, upbringing, values, the way they dress, whether or not they like dogs. (laughs) Yes. You're kidding. Yes. I mean, you'd have to. You'd you'd have to scrape the barrel for 72. Can you even list 72 attributes about hubs? (laughs) I couldn't list 72 attributes about myself. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, if I got granular, I probably could. But the funny thing is, is what you want on paper and then what love serves up to you are two very different things, neither of which you can prepare for. Well, let me ask you Unless you get all practical magic and you light that (laughs) list and you throw it out into the air. And he turns up at the front door. (laughs) With one green eye and one blue eye and rides a horse and is a sheriff as a star. You know, (laughs) do you remember that movie? Yes, Yes. I do. Uh, Um, But can I posit something? Go for it. Let's just do an exercise where I write your, how old were you when you met Hubs? 28. Let me have a go at writing 28-year-old Jem's list of her perfect man. Okay. Creative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Loves music, like plays music probably, something like that. You probably would have said blonde or sandy because that's your vibe. You've always liked that kind of thing. If I had to pick an eye colour, I would have gone blue. We've talked about this on the body. Complicated, complicated trauma. No, it is complicated, yeah. (laughs) You would have picked family values. Yep. You would have had trust on there as a really big one. Hundy P. But you would have probably had someone a little bohemian, do you know what I mean, with like, you know, someone who loved going to the theatre with you, movies, listening to different music, maybe they they have some kind of creative pursuit. That's mm. the kind of person I think 28-year-old Jem would have listed out. Yeah. Now, that is not the person that came along for you, no. you know? But that doesn't mean that you've settled from your list. Yeah. It's just that the list is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I actually genuinely think that lists are dumb. And 72, I mean, I feel like you're setting yourself up for, for failure. failure. And your expectations are through the roof and you can almost only let yourself down. Well, it's like having a 72-step birth plan plan yeah. when you give but like yes. it cannot it's out of your hands it's completely out of your hands I can tell you what I would not have had on my list American <laughs> also a non-drinker doesn't drink yeah like um, super's into sports <laughs> super into sport I would never have had those three things there. but you would have had tall Americano is very tall listen this is something I question in myself all the time is it misogyny or do I just like tall men mm. <laughs> like can I just be a woman who likes a tall man or is do I go even deeper is it your own internal Analyzed body image bullshit and you're like a tall man makes, makes me, me feel little tiny. yeah I don't know yeah just throwing it out there yeah, I know. we all have to hold the mirror up to ourselves yep. sometimes yep. in question yeah I can hand on heart say that with hubs because I had come out of a relationship with the trust was so broken mm. that became top tier priority for me was to be with someone that I could absolutely trust oh, yeah. and feel safe and secure with in a relationship relate Mm. because I've been in that position where I'm like the thing that absolutely decimated me that I did not see coming Mm. is now my top 
priority. Which is? In a new partner, you know? What's that? Someone as obsessed with self-improvement as me. Mm. You know, like I didn't realize how met on that level I needed to be. I really think this is a personality type, isn't it? Like people who prioritize self-improvement because I know people who don't even think about this. They just go through life. Yeah. And I'm not absolutely not me saying they're a bad person or lesser of a human or they won't evolve. Mm. You know, some people are just fucking content. Well, and they don't need to because life hasn't served them the challenges where they need to look at themselves or hit rock bottom or any of those things where they have to go, okay, whoa, 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 I've been doing this wrong. Correct. Some people, life clicks and hums along. Yeah. That's like no better or worse. Yeah. And then yeah. there's a personality of people who love self-improvement, who go out of their way to understand theories yeah. around how to be better, not just for yourself, take care of yourself, but those around you. And then you have the other spectrum of people who don't do any of that yeah. and are leaving a trail of destruction and they're not even aware of their mm. own actions and behavior. Mm. But I think it's just as similar as like people who like to spend their weekend being active and people who <laughs> like to... And- and people who like to rest. Yeah. I think it's the same. So if you're true. into, I was actually talking to Crazy Lisa about this the other day. If you are into like improving and understanding yourself and so you can be a good parent and a good partner and a good friend and all that. If you're into that and it is a thing people are into or not, it would be hard to be with someone who isn't because that's how you want to live and that's the mode you're in. Like it's hard to be like, oh my God, this thing I've uncovered about my attachment is this and this is how it shows up and they'd be like, cool, babe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you don't have that. It is a way of life, I guess. But speaking about growing together, Mm. I can honestly say that Hubs was not not someone who was necessarily conscious or thought much about personal development. Mm. And now he does. Because of you. Yes. It's like I've rubbed off on him and Mm. he's like, actually really thinking about how I can be a better son, a better partner, Mm. a better dad is kind of cool. But that's growing together. It is. It is like rubbing off on each other is another way of saying you're growing together. Totally. Yeah. You know, I've got a mate who was really devastated because he lost to his partner to her newfound faith and she left him because because he couldn't get on board with it. And he said, you know what, Gem, I tried to get on her level. I tried to start meditating and being into all the things she was into, but it just wasn't me. But he said the hardest thing was we were together for so many years and we were, I guess there was a synergy with how we both lived our lives. And then she like unlocked this other world. There was no more space for me Mm. in that world. And I think that's really hard. And that's a common story. I mean, you hear about a lot of women who discover spirituality or self-improvement and personal development. And it can almost make them hate their partners in a way that they never thought they could because Mm. they see a version of someone who is unwilling to go down that path with Mm. them. I think I imagine that would be really tough. Or the other way, you know, your partner could discover and unlock a side and go down a a, a road of self-improvement and you're like, why are you changing on me? I don't want this change. I was happy. You know, it's like it can go in every version. I think we're starting to see as we get older, it's very real, you know, Mm. and it is tragic in a way, but it's also okay. Yeah. You know, it can be both. Yeah, it can be It can be like really sad and okay. But what you said, I have to bring it back to this, this idea of a leap of faith because you have no idea and you do go into marriage with the best of intentions yeah, you do and no one thinks it's going to be them like you know no. no one thinks at the time oh I'm settling or I've ignored red flags or I'm too immature to understand this you know you don't you're just living your life doing the best you can with the tools you have at the time yeah but like it's funny me and Americana were just talking about this this morning it's like 
you know, being divorced and then repartnering, you feel a level of pressure to do better this time round. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting that you guys refer to it as pressure, whereas I see it as a gift. Or an opportunity. Yes. Well, you sh- we do often talk about it as mm, an opportunity, yeah. as a second chance, yeah. as an invitation to do it yeah. better for yourself and for the other person. But there is also a like, what did I miss last time? I don't want to miss it again. You know, those kind of things. And where we landed in the conversation was every single day is a leap of faith. Mm. Every relationship is a leap of faith. Every love, romantic work, every intentional choice of a relationship that you enter into is a risk. Yeah. You could get really, really hurt. You could hurt. You could outgrow it. They could outgrow you. All the versions of it, it's a risk. Yeah. And our brains are constantly searching for safety and security. But where we landed in the convo was we're so grateful for today, right now, to be in love with each other, to have found each other and, like, let's sit in that. Totally. Which I can't believe Kate Reeves (laughs) feels that way. It's amazing. Me, even two, three years ago, needed certainty, Mm. belief and trust in a safe finite choice yeah and for any DLs who might be feeling triggered about this conversation because maybe it can be triggering because maybe you're sitting there going I feel like me and my partner have quietly quit our marriage and no one's talking about it Mm. but then you're like there's no one else I want to be with there's no alternative for me I don't want anything else but you know you you hear two people on a podcast talking about soulmateship and Mm. and all this tetheredness with their partner and growing together and you might not feel that way sometimes it's okay to have a conversation of acknowledgement of the season you're in You know, Hubs and I did that years ago where we literally felt like flatmates and we were like, can we just, we're good, right? Like yeah. we just have can we just little, acknowledge can it? we just acknowledge yeah. we're, we're like flatmates, we're passing ships in the night, we're grinding, we're working, we're trying to raise babies, we're doing our best, but we're good, right? And it's not until we've emerged, like my youngest is turning four in January, like Rafa's starting school. And we've talked about this a lot about how, you know, an evolution happens as your mm. kids, as your youngest gets older. Like I've been grieving Iggy coming out of the toddlerhood years. And I have to admit that there's been a knock-on effect with my relationship with hubs where it's... It's like we've sort of lifted into a new chapter of communication. And I don't know if it's because our kids are slowly becoming less dependent on us. And it's the little things. For those of you who are in the trenches, there is a time where your children play together and entertain each other for an hour. Yeah. There is a time where they will sit on an iPad for an hour. You know, like these little gifts of time Mm. that you get back on a weekend that you Mm. never thought you would get again. You thought were gone forever. Yeah, Yeah. Like maybe be brave and have the chat. You know, it can be as simple as like, hey, just want to check in. How are you feeling about us? You know, just a bit of maintenance on where we're at. We're at the bottom of the barrel in terms of priority. Like, can we just have a chat about how we're feeling? I don't know. Like, I just... I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I like it. As a little nudge or a reminder, it's good to have these chats. You know, it's so funny. America, God, he's going to be like, you talked about me a lot this week. <laughs> I love that he's a DL. <sighs> he did that to me a few months ago. He was like, hey, I just want to check in. Like, are you happy like with us? Like how, you know, we've talked a lot about XYZ lately and I just want to ask like, how are we going? And in the moment I was, I had nothing. I was like, oh yeah, I'm happy. And I was like, oh, and then I sat with it. But just the act of him even asking. It's generous. It's so generous. Yeah. And it made me really want to ponder it and like go back to him if I had anything I wanted to talk about or it just it was an invitation yeah you know it's nice oh, it's I am so mature all about invitations to 
converse and talk. Yeah. And but I get hard. it. Like, but we when have you, space. Yeah. Because we have child-free days together mm-hmm. to have space for that stuff. And if you don't have it, you have to try and cultivate it or wait it out <laughs> until you do. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not and easy. And when you're tired and, you know, it's all good in theory to be like, okay, make space for my relationship by having a chat and mm. checking in with each other. No, but it can when, sound like the most exhausting thing Yeah, as well. like sometimes you get to the end of a work day, you've put the kids to bed, which we all agree is the hellish part of the day, and then you just want to flop on the couch and double screen it with your partner. Yeah. You know, you've got a show on in the background, each of you are on your phones in your own little worlds, and that's how you decompress. That is also fine. It's all fine. Yeah. All of it's fine. But do soulmates exist? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> DLs, jump in Facebook because I want to hear all the theories from the hectically woo-woo to the absolutely analytical. I want to hear them. Gem, do you want to hear them? I sure do. Mm. DLs, it's the Australian Podcast Awards coming up and gosh, we would love to win the Listener's Choice Award. And if you love the potty and you want to see us recognised at an awards ceremony, you might want to vote for us. Now listen, we always have to preface this with, it's a little bit annoying. We didn't design the website. It's not our system. But go to the link in our show notes, you search for our potty, you click on it, then you have to back it up with an email confirmation. It's annoying. Okay. But uh, do it for your girls. And I just want to quickly say for the DLs who have voted thank you because I'm sure there are many of you listening who are like been there done Done that that. use my husband's email use my work email my personal email like genuinely we really appreciate it sure do you know even just making the top 10 it's not just validation for us and what we're doing it actually validates you and our community and we're just so grateful and little things like this as annoying as they are to have to ask you about it it really does help the potty continue and it helps the potty in other ways that we don't even know about yet things Mm -hmm. like the live show would never have happened without us being in the top 10 last year so yeah if you love the potty give us a vote hit me with your not spawn <laughs> damn you got in there first well I've got a great not spawn actually this Great. week we are entering the warmer months Revzy and it's going to be a scorcher of a summer from all reports and I noticed in the Facebook group there's been a lot of chat about swimwear mm. it's a big one and I'm right there with you I have done my research I have asked very good friends I've even tried on other people's swimwear just to make sure it is as elite as I thought it is online. It's I love a brand. how Gem's like a human choice survey. Yes. <laughs> that we don't have to pay for. <gasps> Wonderful. It's called Fella Swim. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if I declared this on the potty or not, but I told myself and everyone around me <laughs> that I would never wear a two-piece swimming costume <gasps> ever again. Fella Swim. Oh, my God. Do the most incredible bikinis for the self-conscious. Okay. Okay. I don't really love you labeling yourself as self-conscious, but continue. I'm just being honest. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to body shame myself. I fucking love my body now. Like I'm really on a journey of this and and wearing a bikini is almost like a love letter to my body. It is. It's an act of rebellion. Yes. For millennial women. (laughs) It really is. But I just want to say that Fella Swim does the most flattering two pieces, but I'm going to be specific. The bottoms that you need are called the Hubert. And then I don't give a fuck what tops you pick because all of their tops are amazing, (laughs) but the bottoms. Okay. What makes them so good? Well, I just think it's the cut. It's the cut of the butt. It's a little bit cheeky, flattering cheeky, but not too cheeky where it's like, that's aggressive. Yep. And then it's the height of the, it's the soft waistband. Oh, yes. It covers 
is the pouchy bit that I don't okay. love on myself. It makes me feel held. Oh, nice. And secure. High-waisted? It is a little bit high-waisted. Okay. I know, Revzy, you're not into high-waist, but I feel like you are the minority. I am, I you am. You are. Yeah. And the colours of the fabrics are beautiful. The quality is amazing. And I know this because I have a number of friends with fellow swim cozies and they're like, dude, it's lasted and lasted and lasted. Okay. And I really trust that. So that's what I've invested in Ooh, this past week. Maybe is I in, should try. I will preface this. They're not cheap. Yeah, they're spenny. They are spenny, but from everyone's reports, worth it. Okay. It's almost like if you wanted to add it to your Christmas list, do it. Oh yeah, good one. You know, as a special treat from your partner or a gift to yourself, yeah. even whatever, but something as about- As an act of rebellion in the body image movement. Damn straight. Revzy. Yes. Hear me with your not spawn. I said, hear me with your nuts, Mine is a podcast episode. Oh, love. I'm a big fan of Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, as is the world. Great potty. Nothing revolutionary there, but he had Indina Menzel. Oh, on. I love her. If you don't know who she is, she's a Broadway darling. She's the voice of Elsa from Let Frozen. And in the original cast of Rent. And she's the original Elphaba from Wicked, if you're a musical theatre fan. Anyway, she's quite amazing. It's fun. Like she is at a point in her life. She's a divorced woman. She has a teenage child. She talks a lot about her craft from a very technical point. It's just a really amazing, fascinating interview. It's nice and long. I love a nice, long, meandering Mm. chat podcast. She is a really interesting person at a really interesting juncture in her life. She's been through a lot. I found it enlightening, interesting, fascinating. All the things I love in a potty Link in the show notes. Check it out. Great recommendation. I'll be queuing that up in my list for I love sure. to like love a potty, but also get a hard record on an actual episode. Same. You know, sometimes they just hit different. Anyway, she's fantastic. And it's a little side note. She's in that latest Adam Sandler Netflix movie called You Are So Not Invited to My Bar Mitzvah. Oh, yeah. I've seen the Bat shorts mitzvah. for that. I watched it with my kids and it was great. If you have like school age, maybe six and up age kids, my daughter particularly loved it. It was a really body positive, sex positive movie without being too explicit or too much. Like just a really cool movie for people approaching tweens, I reckon. Putting this out there, not a huge Adam Sandler fan. Oh! Yeah, I find his comedy stupid. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it's not like... um, I actually like him in more serious roles. This is not old school Adam Sandler. It's not Waterboy. And he's actually not the star. Like his daughter's story is the star. It's about her and her bad mitzvah. So anyway, a side not spawn. Love it. Well, that brings us to the end of a long rambly episode. Rev's favourite kind, as I've recently learned. And a bit woo-woo. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with us. Enjoy Libra season. (laughs) Hanji P. And as always, we'll be back in your ears bright and early on Friday for a bestie hotline. Enjoy Cabba, babe. Miss you. Love ya. Bye. Bye.